0: It's always, it's always new when God's working behind the scenes, and you're not, you know. You guys go to Virginia, our church, and for years they drove past our church. They didn't know it was the church. And I think Brother Gene was visiting. I wasn't even there when they came the first time to visit, and then I came, and they were there. And she's like, "I know you," and I said, "Well, you look real familiar." I'd met her years before when she was working a native camp. As a kid, she was some kooky counselor. And, you know, you just see how God works these things out, you know. It's like this at ADAC. I actually have a friend I was in the Army with that has a lodge in ADAC. And uh, there. And, and if, you, if you look at your map, I know what, we got to get preaching. Look at your map. ADAC's almost as far west as Hawaii is. It's a long ways out there. It's not just to get on a little puddle jumper and pop over to ADAC, you know. It's hotter than blazes in here, isn't it? She tests fine. Take your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. I'm going to get in since he chipped into my time. You know, it's always a blessing to get together to your pastor. We do things together. Last time, of course, was adventurous, that we were together. We had all kinds of adventures. And uh, when he left, I was waiting for surgery. So... Uh, hacked my hand up during moose season. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a wonderful hunting season, wasn't it, brother? <laughs> but it was always an adventure, and I love I love being around the Lord's people. You know, it's uh, I don't think people realize how much, how much joy there is in being around the Lord's people, and uh, you don't have to be involved in a whole bunch of sinful stuff. To have a, a lot of fun in the Lord, and, and I enjoy the men of this church, and the ladies, too. We have a lot of a lot of history and a lot of good times together, and I appreciate that because of that common bond in Jesus Christ, and that's a, that's a real blessing. In Ecclesiastes chapter eight, we're going to look at a couple of verses this morning, and then we'll jump right in. The Bible says in verse eight of Ecclesiastes eight, there is no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit neither hath he power in the day of death, and there is no discharge in that war, neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. Now flip over to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and look what the Bible says here in verse 7. The Bible says, Ecclesiastes 12 and 7, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, once again, we are so grateful to Be gathered in this place, Lord, with the common bond in Jesus Christ. We are so thankful for the forgiveness of sins. We're thankful for your plan of salvation. We just ask, Lord, if there's someone here today that's never been saved, that the Spirit of God would get a hold of them. They'd see the great need in their life to repent of their sins before you before it's too late, that they might receive Jesus Christ and be saved for all of eternity. As we'll see here this morning, that we were born uh, for eternity we're eternal beings father and we're going to live at one place or the other and we just ask that you work in hearts here today we pray for those today that are grieving lord that have lost ones that have lost their loved ones lord and they've gone into eternity it's always a blessing to know that they're saved the comfort that gives us lord and the the joy we have from that that security they have what a blessing it is to to know that we'll see them again one day in the future because of what Jesus Christ did. We ask you bless the message today. Bless this week, Father. We just pray it would truly be a time of revival for each and every one of us, Lord, that you'd lift up our hearts, lift up our minds to the things of God, that we might see the greatness of God. We might see the joy of serving a God that loves us and has done all to save us to Him. We just pray for this day. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we see here is that life is a journey that begins at birth and ends at death. And interestingly enough, a lady that just passed away last week, a really good friend of ours had told Anita when Anita was holding her hand and it, it was kind of a whole gambit because she told Anita, she said, pray God would just take me right now to be with my Savior. She was in so much pain from the cancer and she was eat up and, and she said, you know, it's kind of amazing because the moment you're born, you begin to die. So it's not a shock when we die. It shouldn't be a shock. We are born to die. You're not getting out of here alive just short of the rapture. That, that is a fact. And so our journey we begins with this experience of, of birth. It ends with death. And in between, uh, this parenthesis of life that we have, whatever your dates might be, You know, mine began in 1964, my wife's began a little bit earlier than mine, and then here's this time out here that you're going to spend living life, there's a lot of things happening in between there, isn't there? But one thing better happen before that end time comes, and that is, you better repent of your sins and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved before that time comes, because you will spend eternity either in heaven with God or in hell suffering from a just God, There is a payment for sins. Job 23.10 tells us that, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. There's a lot of trials in life. Everyone has a life journey that's distinct from anybody else's journey. Your journey will not be like my journey. A lot of people listen. I tell stories, I guess, and they they say, you should write a book. I don't have time to write a book. And I don't have the memory to write a book. I can't remember what I did yesterday. So I, I you know, but but our lives are completely different that way. Most of our lives are, are are you know are are so, you know, you you've got people on the on this end of life and people on this end of life and everybody in between. But <clears throat> the point is, it doesn't matter what your station is. You must be saved. Yeah. An attorney, a doctor, a coal miner, a fisherman. You've got to be saved before this journey is over. And the journey, according to Ecclesiastes, will come to an end because it says, there is no man that hath power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit. At some point, that Spirit's leaving your body. You cannot add one day to your stature. You know, as we dealt with Miss Ruby last week, week before, and we saw this, you know, it's just a, a real stark reminder of how this is going to end and you better be prepared for that end are you are you as prepared as you think you are i hope you are i truly do but the sermon this morning is about this great journey that lies ahead of us it's a it's a final journey on earth that begins in an eternal journey with god it's not something that is ever going to end you know how do you make that final exit i don't know well i've shared that with you i don't know be nice if you knew, wouldn't it? I think so. You know, okay, December 21st, you're getting hit by a bus. You'd you try to avoid all sidewalks, wouldn't you? You'd be like, I'm staying indoors, man. You know, God said I'm getting hit by a bus on December 21st. It'd come right through the roof, man. God's bringing it. I preached a message years ago. I don't even know what I did with it. Somewhere before I lost all my files about 10, 12 years ago. I had to start over, so I got bunches bunch of the papers. But I, it was about, I was reading a story about a guy eating dinner at his dinner table. He's by, he's by himself. A plane crashes through the roof and kills him. And so I started looking, at what's the odds? I mean, the odds were like, they're, they're, they're so far out there, it's unbelievable. Can you imagine you're just eating your Cheerios for dinner? Paper, oh, that's interesting. Boom, you're down eternity. Yeah. Because somebody crashed into your house, he didn't have the decency to hit the neighbor. <laughs> and you're dead. That's how quick it happens. You don't always have all this time. Miss Ruby got cancer in 1996. She had a, a, a radical mastectomy, double mastectomy, like late 90s. And she'd been battling cancer all that time. Sometimes you get time to prepare your life for that final day she did a lot of other people don't sudden heart attack sudden death i'm sure caleb's seen it a hundred times where people come in and they they think they're going to be okay and then they're dead yeah listen that's just how it happens that's a life. you better be prepared for that look back to the, the beginning part of ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11 chapter 3 and verse 11 and look what it says here what god has done it says, "He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Also, He has set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end." And that world word, that that word, their world, comes from the Hebrew word olam, and it just means eternity. He's He set eternity in our hearts. There's no excuse for not seeking out the things of God. God's put all around us his creating hand to show you that there is a God that just wasn't accidental there's no accident God did this and God says you need to repent and you need to be saved because one day your spirit is leaving your body and it's going somewhere and you better know where it's going I praise God I know where mine's going what a relief to know that I've been redeemed that I've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, because I repented and trusted in what God did for me. Because God has told me what's coming. God placed a sense of eternity in the heart of every human being. There lies this sense of something way beyond this present world. Yet people chase their tails here in this world for nothing. Nothing gained. Man reaches for the stars and search for life, don't they? Elon Musk is trying to build a community on Mars or someplace. They're always trying to get. They think if they can get off this planet, they can get away from the the reaching hand of God. That's just funny to me. It doesn't matter where you go. God created it. God has control over it. God is there. It doesn't matter where. You, they try to make telescopes to see past God. That's just funny. When I read my Bible. God has put us here. and God has said, here's your timeline, folks. Here's your birth date. You don't know your death date, but there's some things you better deal with before that day comes. It better be settled before then. There's a restlessness in the soul of man to connect with the world beyond. How many times when I was a kid, people would get the Ouija boards out when we were kids, and I was like, eh, it's... even as a lost kid, it was too freaky for me. God, Give me the eebie-jeebies, you know? kids want to ride around the cemetery not me i had enough trouble riding down the street i wasn't going on their cemetery you know i did mess around by the catholic church but that's because there was bats in the bell frame. we like to catch bats but there's something people like to do to to try to reach into eternity don't they seances and psychics and everybody wants to see the future and they want to know the read the bible man i get to read the bible every day so i know the future I've read the book of Revelation. I know the future. It's coming. The things of God are going to happen. The truth is, we're eternal creatures trapped here in this limited amount of time. We're trapped earthbound, trapped in these bodies until that spirit leaves and we're released. This body goes back to the dust, is what the Bible says. Then, you better be prepared for that eternity. I don't know when it's coming. Genesis tells us, God formed us from the dust of the earth. He breathed in us the the breath of life. We became a living creature. God controls that, not you. God does. It doesn't matter what you believe. God is still in control of that. He created us to be eternal creatures. Every human being bears the image and likeness of God, and God is going to demand an accounting of that one day. Now you can deal with that today, and live the rest of this time on earth in peace, or you can just continue in the turmoil, and you can cry out at your death at your grave because you don't know what's going to happen. Well, judgment's coming. You have every right to cry out because you'll be crying out for all of eternity because you've rejected the only begotten Son of God. You've made a decision. You know, when you walk through cemeteries and you read gravestones and markers, and I don't know, who, who does that? Does anybody, am I the only weirdo in here? I go to the cemeteries in Kansas out in the middle of nowhere where my family's buried. And I I just like walking through there and looking at those markers. I do. A lot of it's because my family's in there. But then you walk up and you'll see, you know, Sarah so-and-so and and -and so-and-so born on this date. And you're like, man, that's only three months old. That that baby girl didn't make it three months. And your heart's kind of sad, but then your heart's kind of glad because God took that baby child it went to be with the Lord. It missed out on a bunch of stuff going on right now. And then others just see the, the tragedy and the things that happened in their lives. But every one of you, every one of us live in that date stamp on that headstone, don't we? When you go by the headstone, there it is. It, it, it It's what it is. It's our ex I mean, we have an expiration date, if you will, for the body, but the Spirit does not. <clears throat> you know, when we were, when we were uh, just... What, 50 years ago, hardly you could travel around the globe in a, in a day. And now people get on planes and they fly to Europe in seven hours. Or they'd they be around the globe in 12 hours or 15 hours. People flying and coming and going and people try to get away from where they are. That's really what people do. Why they travel, they just don't want to be where they are. They constantly move them from where they're at. They don't want to be there. If I can focus on something else, I don't have to focus on that. God says, you're not getting off this planet. You better focus on that and and pay attention to what I'm trying to tell you. You need to be saved. Quit trying to run from the things of God. People try to run, try to run, but eventually they're going to stand before God. We're going to kneel before God, aren't we? We're going to answer for those things. That day's coming. As eternal creatures, we are born to embrace an eternal purpose. God exists. Listen, I don't understand all the things of God. I study my Bible and scratch my head, and sometimes I call Brother Gene, and I think, well, he'll know, because he knows the answer. He'll say, I don't know, man. I'll just skip that one. Go to this one. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, we'll figure that out when we get there, right? Hey, Paul, you got this, because I never figured it out. But there are some things in the Bible that perplex me. They puzzle me. I'm studying through the book of Revelation. I go, man, I don't even know how to preach that. I don't know how to make sense of that. That that is so awful, how do I convey the awfulness of that judgment to a people that don't understand how awful that is? I don't know how to do that. How do you you illustrate hell for eternity to somebody? I mean, the burning, the flame, the, 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 the thirst that's never quenched, the worm that dieth not, the darkness, the weeping... The gnashing of the tongue and the t- oh, that, it just goes on and on, doesn't it? I remember in the army.
1: <clears throat>
0: I probably shared this to you guys. I don't know. I can't remember nothing. <clears throat> ask my wife. I ask her for juice. She brings me milk. I drink it. I forget I asked for juice. <laughs> so uh, she forgot to bring it too. But <clears throat> we had these three soldiers that were in a tent and in the Arctic. When you got the fire going, you have fire guard. Somebody stays awake so that thing doesn't get out of hand. And they all fell asleep, and the tent caught on fire, and the polypropylene melted to them. And they're in the aircraft, literally, with the polypro and their skin melting through the aircraft. And I'm thinking to myself, that lasted for them not very long because they all died, every one of them. A couple made it to the hospital, lived a few hours like that, then they died. But imagine that for eternity, where that never stopped. That burning never quit. And there was people saying, well, at least they're out of their misery. And I'm going, no, they're not. They're just beginning to understand what this is about. They, just, they were just fortunate, unfortunate enough to have a preview of what's going to go on for all of eternity. Born for eternity. One or the other. God exists outside of that. He knows the beginning to the end. He's before, during, after. You realize God lives in tomorrow. I don't live in tomorrow. God does god knows what's happening tomorrow god knows what we're doing tomorrow god knows everything there is to know god has a plan and his plan is that you would repent and get saved that's his plan and then you pick up his word or read his word and they start getting in lockstep with the word of god that we would follow god in these things right i think about this if you're really excited about what god's done and you go to work and you're happy and your coworker says, why are you so happy? What's your answer? What is it? Oh, I had a really good weekend. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I got a new truck. Oh, I caught a big fish. <clears throat> How about this? I'm born again. God saved me. I don't walk every day at risk of dying and going to hell. Listen, that's something to be joyful for. I remember when I got saved the next morning, I went to work, went to my office. One of the guys came in, sat down, and he said, what's wrong with you? I said, what do you mean? Why aren't you out there cussing and screaming? I said, I got saved last night. I remember going, hey, I got saved last night. He said, we'll get over it. And I said, I don't think I will. He just texted me last week. That was 20-some years ago. That same kid is still texting me. He's one of the only guys from the medevac that still texts me. (laughs) Because it's something there. There's something in his mind and his that goes, something happened with him. He's different than he was when I met him. Are you? Listen, all of God's plans and provisions, everything is eternal. <clears throat> Look with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 13. Look at Revelation 13 and verse 8. The Bible says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him. His names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Listen, before Adam ever sinned, God had a plan of a lamb being slain called Jesus Christ that would save us from our sins. God had an eternal plan, an eternal purpose. He provided for us in eternity. He planned some things, and here's a word people don't like, but He predetermined some things too. I'm not a Calvinist, but God did predetermine some things. Based on what God knew, God knew that Gene Humphrey would get saved, and eventually Gene Humphrey would surrender to preach, and he would end up at Placko Baptist Church. God knew those things. That's a God I serve. Now listen, when I was a kid, I didn't know I'd get saved. I certainly was not going to surrender to preach and I absolutely was not going to pastor some crazy, wacko Baptist church. But God already knew I would. Because <laughs> that's a God we serve outside of that parentheses called time. He, he acts and works and has His will and I don't understand it all. I try to sometimes, I go, just forget it. I can't understand what God is doing here. So just do what I'm supposed to be doing. Because God is bigger than that. Listen, God loves us. And and, and in his love, God had to make some hard choices. And that is, I've got to judge sin if I'm going to be pure. And I'm going to be holy. And I'm going to be God. And he said, listen, if you're going to enjoy that too, you're going to have to be saved. Now, what do you want? There's a choice that you have to make. God created man. He set the stage for all this drama to unfold. And he knew about it. Adam blew it. Eve blew it. You blew it. I blew it. It just continues, doesn't it? You know, you think about all the all the people born in this world and how they start out. And they're so cute. Anita was holding one of the babies the other day. Oh, yeah. You know, probably 15 years, you know, the, the father will be like, right. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's This whole thing takes place because of sin, doesn't it? That, that baby is born with the same sin nature that we have and that same child has to be saved. There's a huge responsibility in that. Seeing our children saved before it's too late before they get lost out in the world we never get them back. <clears throat> this drama in the earth, in the, in the garden, in the, the sinless environment, and the commandments, and the tempter, and the fall, and the, the redemption. Listen, that's a lot of drama going on on this earth that God never, we didn't have to go. That was never God's plan. God's plan that we'd walk perfect and upright. Hey guy, stay away from that tree right there. Just you got all the. Just stay away from that. Yeah. We just can't do it, can we? Our sin nature. We just. That's what we do. We sin because that's our nature, isn't it? You ever see parents go? I don't know why they do that. I go well because they're black-hearted little sinners. That's why they do it. Yeah. It's their nature to do that. I didn't train them to do that. You don't have to train them to do that. Train them, don't train them. They'll still do that, won't they? Sin. It's a bane before the cross after the cross listen men have to be saved abraham lot got to be saved we're all born for eternity we come to that point where we, we get we're answering to an eternal god that has an eternal an eternal purpose for your life god didn't save you for nothing god saved you to witness for him and what he has done for you it's that simple That's what we should do. No, you might not be a preacher, but you ought to be able to share that salvation testimony. That that should come easy to you. And sometimes it takes a while. I get that. But in time, you should. Look what Jeremiah said over here. I'll turn there quickly. Jeremiah chapter 1. In Jeremiah 1, just look here. (laughs) In verse 4, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. What a a powerful thing to know that before Jeremiah was even, God already knew what he was going to do with Jeremiah. God has a plan for each and every one of us, but there's also a choice you have to make in that plan. You're going to submit or not submit. You have choices to make. I chose to be saved. Yeah, God did a lot of working in that, absolutely. But I made the choice to be saved. When God said, hey, I want you to preach, I could have said, hey, we'll take a hike. I'm enrolled at the University of Mechanical Engineering and it's completely paid for. I'm going to do that. I wonder how that would have worked out. You know, you can test God if you want. Go ahead and try God. Go to battle with God. See how that works out for you. You know what? Sometimes God will put you through a bunch of trials. Sometimes God will just drop you dead. Just go ahead and mess with God and see what happens. See what God can bring. What God can do. But God, make no mistake, has an eternal purpose for you. And that is that you would be saved and you would serve God in whatever capacity God has called you to serve Him. As a faithful servant in a faithful church fine and dandy but do it do what god has you to do are you doing everything you can do as a faithful member of placro baptist church or are you just here filling pulpit space well that's pretty harsh brother that's pretty that's pretty crisp but it's the truth isn't it god didn't save you to do nothing god saved you to serve You know, serve, whatever that might be. I saw a young couple a few weeks ago in Washington. They just got married, so they're still happy, right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying. Caleb's like, I know what you mean, brother. (laughs) Remember how joyful it was? That's this couple, I'm telling you. And he's trained up to be the song leader. And he is very energetic. I mean... You're like, oh, brother, hold up. don't come off that deal, man." And his wife plays the piano, and I think she has a really bad back because she's got to put this pretty massive brace on just to get the piano and play. And uh, so we preach all week. I mean there's all kinds of preachers there. There's a lot of sermons in it. you know, it's morning and evening, it's five a day or something. And the end of the day, the, end of the last night, this young couple said, "We want to sing a special." My wife wrote a song out of all the sermons preached this week, and we'd like to sing this special, I thought. Man, you want to talk about being blown away. They, listen, God has given them purpose. That young couple sang this special and used all the words of the sermons done and they, she'd been, they'd been taking notes and they had been... Listen, this was somebody that wanted to serve and desire... That just didn't fall in their lap. They chose to pay attention. They chose to take notes. They chose to pray about that and then sing about that. It was awesome. Little church just like this, nothing different. That's always a blessing to come and hear you guys. You know, this is a blessing to have talented people that can do these kinds of things. God have purpose. He's, <laughs> where, where's uh, Kara at? She, she left? Well, you know, she doesn't just play one thing, she plays two things. She probably plays four or five, I don't know. But if God's given you that gift to do that, He saves you, gives you a purpose, do what He has saved you to do amen what a shame if if she said i ain't doing that i'm saved i'm good you're saved for purpose put that purpose to work and get after it whatever that might be who knows what god will do when you become faithful in that purpose and you get good at that purpose he might elevate you to a different purpose but faithfulness it, it all works together with this purpose there has to be faithfulness god has a plan And it's eternal, you know. Look, look in Galatians chapter one real quick before I get too far off track. Galatians chapter one, and look here at what Paul says in verse fifteen in Galatians chapter one. He says, "But "But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me by His grace." to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Paul, the same Paul that was of the law, the same Paul that was a a persecutor of men, that same Paul finally submitted and said, God did this in my life from the womb. I had it wrong. God had it right. And His Son saved me. And God added me to the ministry. The moment Paul got right with God, his life changed. God already had plans for Paul. Paul had different plans for Paul. Yep. God had a purpose. God has a purpose for each and every one of us the same way. Paul. Once Paul realized God's eternal plan, man, look at what we got from Paul. What a, what a blessing that God used Paul in that manner. You know, there's a saying that, that says this, if you don't know where you're going, then any road will do. Listen, that was my life before I got saved. Just go wherever, right? Do whatever. Go with the flow. And then God saved me and said, this is the road. You don't need all those others. They won't do. This is the path right here. Get on the path and get with the program and follow after the things of God. Are there exciting things out there, brethren? Man, I just met this young man, Josh, back here. He's an F-35 pilot. Now, you guys don't have to say it. I'll say it. I'd love to do what he does. I don't know how it works. I just see them things, there and I go, Whoa, the power net, right? Because you know me, when I'm driving, I'm already like, hey, too close for missiles, switching to guns. <laughs> Get out of the road, man. <laughs> the tide's not waiting. There's lots of exciting things we can do in life. I've done a lot of exciting things in life. And you can let those exciting things take you from the things of God. Listen, I was excited to get enrolled in mechanical engineering. The VA was going to pay 100% of that. That was exciting for me. And then God said, hey, I want you to preach. Now, which is it going to be? I could have said, hey, I'm a mechanical engineering. I could have built some of the worst plants in the world. <laughs> God said, well, go do it. We'll blow a few up and see how good you are at it. I said, well, you know what? God wants me to preach. I'm going to preach. And, and uh, you know, I just never look back. I have never had to. God's been faithful the whole time. The whole way. And everything I've done, every step of it, from being here, here at Plaque Road for working with Brother Gene to mission work to pastoring, God has been faithful in every bit of it. God had a purpose. But you've got you to gotta get on board with the purpose God has. You can't just keep doing what you want to do. I mean, how do you find out what that is? Read your Bible, pray. Go, go pray with other people. See, that, Listen, a need popped up in ADAC. I don't know what that means, brother. I don't know what this ADAC thing means, but it might mean one of you young men has to go to ADAC and teach this lady and these people some things. Your pastor's got lots to do. Brother Gene's got lots of things to do. It may mean that some of you young men have to go, hey, it's time for me to go out to ADAC and see what God's doing. I don't know. I'm just telling you, you need to be open to those kinds of things. Your heart ought to be out there for this woman in Adak, and not the things that you want in retirement. Yeah. Money's not everything. Yeah. God can take all that stuff away. You don't do what God wants. He's got a way of doing that. How about we just pray daily in our devotion to God? How about sometimes we just shut up and listen to the still, small voice of God? Yeah. Just get alone and say, God, what would you have me to do? I... Yeah, I when I when I when I knew God wanted me to preach, you can ask my wife, you can ask my pastor. I told God, I'll burn everything down if I have to, to get it out of my life to serve wherever You want me to serve. I'll burn it to the ground because I want to serve God. I don't want to serve Mammon. I don't want to be that guy. Do I need a car? I do. I need a house, but God has blessed me with everything else. Just because we serve doesn't mean that we suffer. I'm not suffering. I'm not some suffering servant. God provides above and beyond all the time. Yeah. I don't have to wonder where I'm getting my payment or my fuel or my electricity. God takes care of it because he's got a purpose. He'll continue to provide every need I have in the ministry. And I believe that. And he's done that. God gives us the external power to do that. God gives us some powerful moments in our life. You know, every, every life... There are some powerful moments that can be transforming if you allow them to be. You know, there's there's only those certain times where God intervenes and you have a a big decision to make in that time. Look at Zacchaeus. He could have just climbed up the tree and climbed down the tree and left. But he seized the moment, didn't he? Sometimes you've got to seize the moment when God is working. Listen. Listen. Step out by faith and say, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. And get on board with God's plan. Quit trying to drive the ship yourself. Give in to that. God is working. God is trying to, to connect with you. He, he sometimes connects through our minds and our emotions or His will or He brings things together and you're trying to get through this door and that door and then they're all closed because you're not picking God's door. You're trying to go through the wrong door it serves no purpose for God. God says, "I want you to serve my purpose." And listen, when we do that, those can be great moments in our life. It can be, they can be real teaching moments in our life. They can also be very emotional moments in our life. I was driving down the highway when I surrendered to preach, and my wife says, "She's like, what's wrong?" And I said, oh, "God called me to preach. <laughs> I've enrolled in college. i was <laughs> I want to be an engineer! Uh, yeah, then I realized, yeah, I've met a few engineers, that ain't all that great. <laughs> this is a much better deal. You. <laughs> oh, you're an engineer, aren't you? Um, sorry about that. But you know what, what God had was, I, I remember calling Brother Humphrey and telling him I surrendered to preach, and E.L. Bynum, old man out here doing a jig in the parking lot. Brother Lambert, surrender to preach! <laughs> I thought, this is crazy. This is just nuts, but it's what God wants. What do I do? It's nuts. It's what God, you know. It's just you just go. All right, Lord, whatever. Just show me now because I don't know, and let God do the rest. But He saved you for a purpose, and you've only got so much time to serve it before your expiration date comes, and it's coming. One day it's coming, and it's too late to do what God would have you to do. We're born again for a reason. We're born again from above. Make the connection, folks. It's not not just about today. It's about all of eternity. What you do tomorrow and the next day and the next day, it affects and it ripples out into eternity. There's people that I won't see in eternity that I've witnessed to. They've denied God. They're going to die and go to hell in their sins. There's people I've witnessed to I'm going to see again. That ripple effect is out there in eternity. <laughs> Don't get so caught up in the here and now you, you miss out on that. We're born to, with, with an eternal perspective. Wisdom should teach us to plan and look ahead. Wisdom should teach you to do that as a Christian. The older you get, the more you study, the more you're in the Lord, the more you should see. It's not about today. It's about the eternal future. Now, yeah, you got to go to work. And you got to pay your bills. I get that. And, and we pray for jobs that allow us to do that. God has been faithful to pay bills and still allow you to be in church. There, there, listen, I've, there's, there's so many stories in this church alone about men that said, I will not do that. I will not take that job if I cannot be in church. And God has provided above and beyond. I've seen it time and time again. It's wise <laughs> to live in the present, in light of the future. Listen, our present and our future, they're connected. You cannot disconnect them. If we're smart, we'll study today to pass that test tomorrow, won't we? Mm -hmm. Now most of you guys know me, I was not the brightest kid in school. Every Friday our teacher would give us a list of words and you had to write the word, you had to use it in a sentence, and then say it was a verb, ad, you know, adverb, adjective, whatever. And, and, and there was always five of them. And, what, you know, if you, what, however many you got wrong, you got a swat for every you know, Monday, because we had a test every Monday. So every Monday, Rusty and I go in the hall, and we get five swats. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. Bam! <laughs> Everybody else didn't get them. I was like, these, what's with these kids? They go home, they study all weekend. How stupid. There's fishing to be done and trapping to be done. We got mudslides to build. We got things to do. You know, potatoes just don't get shoved up tailpipes by themselves. Every Monday, oh man, we can get whacked. Art class, Rusty and I were always in the hallway. We were not artists. We weren't good with clay, other than. You know. But the point is, God says, look, I've given you the information, right? One day you're going to be in eternity. It's all here. It's all written. Study to show thyself proved unto God. Study today for eternity. What what do I mean by that? Brother, I'm just not good at sharing the gospel. Get studying. Sometimes God will bring things to the word of God and you'll share that with somebody in a way that leads to the gospel. Listen, it's all connected. Everything we do is connected. God put you in that place where you are of employment to reach those particular people around you because I can't. I don't know how to deal with the guys you're dealing with you guys can't you guys can't go deal with the people I've been dealing with you don't know them and even if you did you probably wouldn't even connect with them would you it's just what God does I don't know why God brings those people in our lives but he does and 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 on different levels we deal with them in different ways you know don't blow that chance that opportunity because you think it doesn't matter it matters tomorrow could be eternity for somebody in this room Could be go in tonight and you're, you're dead. You know, you're, it's all over. We, we have, listen, if you could, David Thoreau said this as if you could kill time without injuring eternity. Listen, the time you spend, the time you waste, it's all about eternity. The minute we just preach, we don't get again. It's over with what didn't get said, doesn't get said. We're born for eternity. What does it say here in Hebrews chapter nine? What does it tell us? I'll flip over there real quick. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, most of you know it anyway. <clears throat> and as it is appointed once, unto, uh, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. That, listen, it, it's, it, it comes to an end. In eternity, every man, woman, and child will face God and be judged for decisions they made or did not make. <clears throat> but what about today? Well listen, your burden ought to be heavy today for those that are not saved. Do you have a heavy burden for the lost? I have people that come to me and they call and they say, Pastor Lambert, can you go visit this person? I'll go do it. If they can't do it, I will do it. If there was somebody that, that they are dealing with and they see that they're reaching, they're scratching, they're clawing for something, I'll go do it. I don't want to see that person die and go to hell without the information. They need to know that God loves them. People are dying in groves today. They're just, they're, they're without hope. This is lady telling him, I'm just hanging on by a thread. What does that mean? Read into that. What does that mean? It means, I'm thankful I got something here that has hope in it because I might not be here to read it next week. It sure sounds like a lady reaching and grabbing for a straw. And God's given this church an eternal purpose to reach people like that. You know what? If this church only reached that one lady out of all these mailings, would it be worth it? Well, I, I certainly believe so. But I'll tell you, you don't know what God can do with one Aleut lady out in Adak. She might have family in 14 other villages. And all of a sudden, this family has changed. Their lives are changed for eternity. And boom, you're in every village in half of Western Alaska. You just don't know. That's why we serve the way we do. Not not listen, just put your head down and do what God wants you to do. Don't worry about all those details. God will worry, God will take care of the details. This is God's business, not my business. This isn't your business. This is God's business. God said, thus saith the Lord. I didn't. He did. We just need to get busy following the commands. And understanding we only have so much time to do that before time runs out. And the clock is ticking, isn't it? <clears throat> but listen, I know this. We're born to inhabit an eternal place. You know, when you, if you're here in Hebrews still and you look over in chapter 11, and you look at verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, As in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with whom of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. One of the most beloved people in the Bible in the world, by different religions, Muslims, Jews, Christians. He was called the friend of God. And by faith he stepped out, didn't he? Abraham, get out of that land. Get out of it! All right, Lord, I will. To where? He didn't know. He just knew God said get out, and he went. <clears throat> and and look at what happened after that. He 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 lived his entire life in a tent. How many of you would like to live your entire life in a tent? Would you? I enjoy my house. I enjoy getting in the middle of the night, flushing the toilet, going. That was warm. I remember times when there wasn't an indoor flushing toilet. And it wasn't warm. We love our creature comforts, don't we? Oh, we've got the digital thermometer back there. It goes up and down by itself. Oh, better yet, I'll just adjust it from my smartphone. So it's warm when I get there. Abraham's just out in tents. And he was still rich, wasn't he? He was rich in every way, shape, or form because he was following God. And God gave him herds and cattle and servants. Every promise of God was fulfilled in Abraham. All because he stepped out by faith. When you look down here in Hebrews eleven thirteen, 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And listen, I believe that statement is one of the strongest statements there is to define how we serve God. If you really believe that you're a stranger and a pilgrim on this earth, you'll turn loose of the earthly things and serve the eternal things. But if you don't believe you're a pilgrim and a stranger, you'll settle in right here and you'll never do anything for God. You will serve self all the days of your life. Abraham said, I'm serving God and I'm going to go where God says. Could he have built cities out there in the plains? Could he have built a great army? We know he could. But he chose to serve God. Because he was born for eternity and he understood it and he lived like it. He lived like he was going to go be with God one day. Their eyes were fixed on the eternal home. What did Paul say in in Philippians chapter 3? He said, my conversation is not here. Where I live is not here, it's there. Didn't, didn't he say, I'd rather be absent from this old body and present with the Lord? But God wants me here. Why? To serve. To be active. <laughs> you know, they call it active duty for a reason. <laughs> right? You're doing something. Active duty. Back in Ecclesiastes, it says, and there's no discharge from this war. You can't get out of this. You know one of the things you look forward to most in the, in the, in the military? I don't, <laughs> yeah, Brother Legend's like, oh, retirement, man. <laughs> the discharge. <laughs> and then after you get out, you realize that you're still part of it. It's still in you. You're ingrained. But why would you want out of the Lord's army? There's no discharge in this war, folks. We're just moving on to a different battleground, right? We're, we're going to leave this one. We're going to go to heaven. It'll be a different thing. You're up there praying and weeping right now because it's a mess down here. God needs more soldiers right here that understand what's happening. People need saved. They're dying and they're going to hell in their sins. Every soul is for, for eternity. Heaven or hell, one or the other. Listen, our allegiance ought to be to a better country and a better city, right? I don't know what I'm going to... The other night I was laying... In, well, has been a few weeks ago. I was laying in bed and I went, what was that? That was a weird chest pain. I thought, don't panic. It's not going down your arms. It's not your jaw. You're not breathing hard. It's just a, it's just a it'll go away. <laughs> and I almost went to the ER, but, you know, I'm a man, so I didn't. <laughs> but the next day I went to see my VA doctor. He's like, well, you know, you've already had heart surgery, and, you know, that's, a, that's something different. We should, we should do a stress test. But, you know, when I was doing the stress test even... Listen, if you've never done one, it's a real treat. Because you get on a treadmill and you're like, well, this ain't so bad. And then it hit you with the nuclear medicine and your heart feels like it's going to explode. And you can't catch your breath. And you really feel like this is it. You know, when I was on the treadmill, I wasn't in a panic, though. You know, I was was doing what I had to do, but I wasn't in a panic. God, know if I drop dead, I'm going to go be with the Lord. I don't want to leave Anita just yet. That's not my desire. And I'm sure none of you want to leave here tomorrow particularly, right? Or do you? I don't know. But while I'm here, I want to serve the Lord every day I can. I want to be a good witness for eternity. That what I do here has a ripple effect all the way out into eternity. And that ripple goes forever. It's eternal. That soul you reach here, that's eternal ripple. It continues. But one day we're going to go back to the dust. salvation is the only way to cheat death. And I did it. You ever hear people talk about cheating death? I was listening to a guy telling me about how he died, came back, and I was going, oh, you're in trouble. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this story and I'm going, you're in trouble, pal. Because when the soul separates from the body, that's death. It's done. We stand before God and we're judged. The only way to cheat death is to be saved. Right? Death, where is thy victory? Where's that sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Death, where is thy sting? Well, it's not there. Jesus Christ took it away. Jesus Christ helped me to become who I needed to be in God through him. That's the only way out of this, folks. And then to serve him. Salvation is the only way. If you haven't cheated death, I don't really know what to tell you. You know, you've come here more than once. You've heard the gospel. I know that these are gospel preaching people every one of them i've been around i've been around this place for a long time spiritually raised right here it's a gospel preaching church nobody's going to beat around the bush about it either not going to do it so if you're here today and you're lost it's because you have made a decision to reject jesus christ you say no no preacher i've just not i've just not agreed yet to accept jesus christ well then you've rejected jesus christ and if you die you'll die and go to hell in your sins for all of eternity there's no discharge listen this soul is in it one way or the other heaven or hell that's a decision you have to make don't listen don't let that go one more day and if you're here today and you're saved you need to get in the battle listen you need to get up and get your rucksack on and get busy for the lord doing whatever it is god has called you to do if it's played that piano play it better fair enough if it's clean this church clean it better But get busy serving the God fully. Listen, God saved me fully. God has taken care of me fully. He he expects nothing less than fullness from me. Get up and get busy in the battle and win some souls. Eternity's in in the balance. You know, what's it going to be? You're just going to stand by and watch them die and go to hell? I'm going to tell you, I've had some friends, I'm going to just close with this. I've had a few friends die that I knew that were not saved, and I've just been in my office and weep and weep and weep because they knew the truth, and they said we don't want it, and there's there's nothing I can do to change it. I can't pray them out of hell, I can't pray them into heaven. Hey, listen, if you're gonna do your if you're gonna do your pleading with them, you got to do it now, before it's too late. Amen. <clears throat> listen, if you're saved, get busy. Get busy like you're going to step off and be in heaven tomorrow and your friends and your loved ones are going to be in hell. Pretend like you don't have forever. Too too often we just pretend like, well, I'll do that next week, next month. I'll put in my day planner. You just might not have it. Do it today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, <clears throat> we're just so grateful for the word of God and the power of God, but more than that, we're so thankful for the salvation of God. We know, Lord, that You've given us Jesus Christ who came and died to pay for our sins. We didn't deserve it, but Father, you gave it anyway. And Lord, even even in this world today, as wicked and evil as it is, you still command us to go out and reach out to those that are lost. And just watching a, a video last night of a man who had been saved out of methamphetamines and, and alcohol and got his life turned around through Jesus Christ and and he was just weeping for all those, all those people that he lived with on the streets who, who the devil has wrapped up in, in all of this substance abuse. And we see it around us in our own neighborhoods as well. And we, we're we so busy trying to reach the good people, we forget about the people whose lives are in despair. And Father, just help us to be a people with a vision from top to bottom, whether it's the lawyer or the person that's that's enslaved to the drugs or... Whatever their, whatever their sin might be, Father, help us to reach out to them. Help us to have the compassion that we need. Lord, I know it's just in my own life, it's when I don't have the compassion I need for my fellow man, I don't do anything about it. Lord, just break our hearts about reaching out and seeing folks saved. I pray if there's someone here today that's never been saved, you break their heart about being saved. Lord, they, they don't know that they have one more day. They need to be saved before it's too late, before they turn back to the dust. And that soul goes to be before you and be judged. Lord, that they have one more minute that it might be today. Father, we just ask you to work in this place. We just work in the hearts of the people here that, Lord, the Spirit of God would convict and convince. And Lord, we'd see you move among your people to do more for you. Father, we love you. We praise you and thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.